Hi, and welcome to another episode of Pilates Elephants with me, your host, Raphael Bender. I was inspired to sit down and record this by, by uh, a few responses I had to a social media post I put up this morning. And the post I put up was about how to stand out in a market that's saturated. Just some thoughts I had when I was on my morning cycle down by the river today and a, a, a few people commented and said, where's the effect of, uh, I would love to promote myself more, but I really, I hold back and I fear putting myself out there and um, my clients tell me I should promote myself more, promote my business more, but I really, I, I don't feel able or or good or right about blowing my own trumpet. Um, and that's the, that's one of the big things that's holding me back. You know, this I'm paraphrasing what a few people have said to me. Uh, and so I wanted to share my thoughts, my experience as somebody who used to feel exactly like that uh, and somebody who is a massive introvert um, and how I got over my fear of uh, talking publicly and putting myself out there because I think uh, some of these things, some of the things that I have learned, some things that helped me might help you. All right, so, you know, this is something which I hear a lot, uh, not just from this one social media post, but this kind of uh, catalyzed me to say something uh, to, to record this about it uh, because this is something I hear a lot from people from Pilates instructors uh, and I see it you know I see it in people's posts I, I I see the sorts of posts that people make on social media um, that tell me that they the person making the post feels extremely self-conscious and I know that dear listener because that was me and I'm and I recognize the signs <laughs> so so you know if 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 the, if that's you um if you're hiding your light under a bushel if uh if you're bashful about putting yourself forward if you don't like blowing your own trumpet or playing your own drum um stick with me so um where do I want to start? There are a couple of there are there are a couple of two there are two major points I want to discuss today. Um and the first one is a fundamental mind shift about or they're both fundamental mind shifts. The first one is about what your product is and what is meaningful to your clients. Um and so thus what you should communicate uh when you post on social media or market or promote yourself um and that and the second and, and the whole purpose of this conversation today is to make it easier for you hopefully because this is what made it easier for me to to put yourself out there without it feeling so um without feeling so anxious about or so self-conscious about it um or so like you're you know blowing blowing your own trumpet and feeling bad about that um, 
So I guess the first thing is, the first big thing is the mind shift from the idea of putting yourself out there, of, of promoting yourself. And I mean, dear listener, I've got no idea how you perceive me, uh, whether you perceive me as somebody who promotes myself wildly at all times and all opportunities, or whether you see me as very self-effacing and uh, humble or somewhere in between. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm fine, What, however you think of me. <laughs> but I... I am definitely out there a lot, you know, like I, we're up to roughly episode 120 or so of this podcast. Um, I've posted five times a week on social media for the last year or two. Um, you know, I'm quite, you know, in a very tiny corner of the Pilates universe. I'm quite a public figure uh, and I, I put myself out there a lot. Uh, when I, and when I say put myself out there a lot, I mean I I appear in public a lot. You know, we've got like three hundred and fifty thousand plus downloads of this podcast now. Um, you know, like six to ten thousand people see you know most posts that I do on social media. So you know, I've got a reasonably you know I, I'm an extremely lightweight <laughs> um, influencer, but you know, compared to uh, I don't know how I was five years ago in terms of my public notoriety. I've certainly grown a lot uh, in terms of the following that I have. And so I have a, a reasonably, you know, what I consider to be a reasonably large audience. And, you know, so, so I've managed to go from, you know, being someone who's very shy and, uh, well, just not shy, introverted, I think. Uh, and I still am extremely introverted uh, as, I, as I sit here by myself in my bedroom, in my home, <laughs> where I work um so you know the thing that the real big mind shift that that like let me tell you a little story I have a, a, a memory of you know, several Christmases ago I was at my dad and uh at the time his wife step my stepmom at their house and oh, I must have been I don't know in my 30s I would guess at this time um and and they they were we were having Christmas with them and we we're having Christmas with with uh the family you know fam the fa the friends and family of uh my uh step brothers and brother and sisters and there was you know quite a large group of people there and one of the one of the mothers of one of the partners of one of the step siblings um, you know, was very outgoing and uh, gregarious and wanted to organise, started just not wanted, started organising everybody to play some kind of game. Well, I can't remember what it was. It was charades or, you know, some kind of like standard Christmas party game that you play. And she started organising people and saying, okay, everybody has to play and you, you go on this team and you're on that team. And I just remember feeling like a visceral sense of fear and hatred for this woman in the moment um that like no fucking way i'm not i'm not going to get up in front of a group and jump around like a idiot you know um now you know in general i've got no uh problem with with looking slightly idiotic but there was something about being you know feeling like i was being pressured into you know some kind of public display 
that I that really rubbed my foot the wrong way. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that I like going from that, like not wanting to get up in front of a group of like ten of my friends and family <laughs> at a Christmas party, to to now you know com- comfortably sitting down to have a chat with you, dear listener, many of you, many of whom I've never met, uh, and feeling quite comfortable to share <laughs> my family Christmas stories with you. So, you know, so that's been, you know, a, a small uh, outline of my journey. And the I think the first really major thing that I realised is that, that that made the difference and made it easy, in fact, Made allowed me to look forward to recording these podcasts and you know posting on social media and talking with people in DMs on the phone and stuff and on Zoom who I've never met is and promoting my business is realizing that it's not about me. So Here's, here's the thing, like when I post 99% of the time or when I record a podcast, 99% of the time it's not, biogra- it's not autobiographical. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you and your struggles and the things that I hope will be of service to you. So let's, right, let's, let's, let's leave me. And uh, think about this from a different perspective, maybe something that is more familiar to you. Right, so do you buy expensive leggings or any other expensive item of clothing? Why? Why do you buy leggings that are probably 10 times the cost of a generic brand? I just did a quick Google search before I started this episode and I found Lululemon leggings for $94. And I found another brand called OI brand, IO brand or something like that. It was just the generic store brand. And they were they were ten dollars. For you know, as far as I could see, a very, very similar pair of leggings. Now, dear listener, if you are the person who purchases Lululemon or whatever brand, okay, of premium leggings or whatever other type of premium, you know, item of clothing. Why do you buy those expensive that expensive item when you could buy a generic brand, you know, for in many cases one tenth of the price? Is it because you know, think about it, like when last time you bought that 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 item, okay? Is it because you value the person who made the leggings? Or you respect the person who designed the leggings? No, <laughs> it's because of how you look in those leggings, how you feel in those leggings, how you the quality that you that you anticipate from those leggings in terms of they'll last you, that you the time they'll save you in like just shopping around because you know they look good because you've got four other pairs from the same brand, uh, and also the time they'll save you in, in getting dressed in the morning because you know you can throw them on and they're going to match whatever other garments you've got from that same brand right so you buy those leggings or whatever item of clothing not because of anything to do with the person who made them or designed them or sold them to whatever you buy them because of what they do for you 
Um, in fact, when you bought those leggings, I would be willing to bet that you never thought for a single second about the person who designed them or the person who made them. You thought about the result you obtain, you were hoping to obtain from those leggings. Now, that doesn't make you a bad person, right? The fact that you didn't think about, you know, the poor person who stitched together those leggings or the person who designed them or the person who shipped them to you or the you know, person who packaged them up or, or whatever. That doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you human, okay? You buy those leggings because of the utility that they have for you, okay? And your clients are the same. They don't think about you when they think about what they get from the work they do with you, okay? Now, you, you might have a great relationship with your clients. You might laugh and joke and, you know, cry and hug and <laughs> you might know their kids' names and their dogs' names and all the rest of it, but, dear listener, if your clients didn't get value from your Pilates sessions that is separate to their enjoyment of your company, okay, they wouldn't buy Pilates sessions from you. They're getting something from those Pilates sessions that is beyond how nice of a person you are. You know, their back hurts less or they've got more energy. They're in a better mood. They feel less stiff. They can walk upstairs easier. Okay. Whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Now, the social thing is 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 definitely a value. Okay. But often the social aspect of Pilates sessions is between the clients. Okay. Clients often become attached to each other. But it's so it's not about you, right? Like if if that client, I guarantee you, if that client was coming to you, you know, once or twice a week for two years, okay, and they had a lovely time and you know all their kids' names and all that stuff, but their back's still killing them and they're still stiff and they've got no energy and they can't walk upstairs and they're cranky all the time. It's like, what the fuck are the sessions doing? They're not going to keep coming, right, if they're not getting any benefit from the sessions. So you, what... They buy those sessions, okay, because they want to obtain a result. Okay, now, they might love you and like you and all the rest of it, okay, but, I mean, you, there are people in your life who you love and you don't just pay them $100 a week, okay? <laughs> you call them your friends and you, you have coffee with them, okay? So this, you're in a commercial relationship with, with your clients and they pay you money, okay, not because they like you, okay? They've come to like you, at, you know, as you've helped them, okay? Like, my dog really likes me. Why? Because I feed her. Well, she's not my dog. She's my daughter's dog. Hey, don't let your 11-year-old kid try and convince you. <laughs> don't let your 11-year-old kid convince you that they're old enough to look after a dog. Just speaking from the voice of experience. All right. Um, all right, so... Let's think about your business name, for example, right? And you know, this, these, I've done, I've done this. Um, think of a business name. Now, when you start a business, okay, even if it's just your like Instagram business, even if you don't have like an official company or anything like that, if you just got like a, an Instagram page that is a name, right? Whatever you, or if you've got a studio, it doesn't matter. But you, you've, you know, if you're like ninety nine point nine percent of people, you. When you went to choose that name, you wanted to lovingly craft that name and make it meaningful and reflective of your philosophy and, you know, your ethos of movement and life, okay? And 
you you know you crafted your logo and you you know thought deeply about it and you chose some kind of possibly some kind of you know, deeply symbolic you know logo that had personal meaning to you and you know indicated your philosophy and stuff like that and I've done that but how much do people really notice or care your logo now about your logo or your business name now I go out to to dinner you know a few times a month um yeah maybe you eat out okay and we go to the Thai restaurant at the end of our street maybe three times a month um and I've been going to that restaurant for maybe three years three times a month I don't know how many of us have three 36 times a year I've been there like a hundred times <laughs> I don't know the name of the restaurant I don't know the name of the restaurant we always call it Thai at the end of the street <laughs> I say to my daughter hey do you want to go to Thai at the end what do you, what, what do you want to do for dinner you want to go to Thai at the end of the street okay great <laughs> my wife comes home what did you guys do for dinner oh we had Thai at the end of the street oh great <laughs> like I don't know the name of the restaurant do you know the names of the restaurants, dentists, plumbers that you use? Or do you refer to it as that Indian place on 5th Street or the plumber in such and such street? Okay. Like those, you know, that your favorite breakfast spot or whatever. Okay. Like that, can you bring that thing up their logo? Those people. In those business probably agonized for weeks to craft that perfect business name that reflected their inner soul right and you don't even know it after eating there 10 times you can't even remember their logo that's how your clients probably feel about your business name they don't care right? they don't care they probably just call you like that pilates place on fifth street or whatever okay or you know your name your actual human name um, they refer to you as, you know, I'm going to do a session with Caitlin or whatever, right? Um, that's that's what that's what I think about. Okay, if I go and do lessons or tutoring or mentoring somebody, I think, oh, I'm going to a session with such and such person, right? I never think I'm going to the such and such academy of blah blah blah. Okay, that's I think that's just how most humans function. So you know, we agonise about these, you know, things that seem so important you know what if someone doesn't like our name doesn't like our logo whatever it's like as the business owner your care factor is about ten thousand times more than anyone else including your biggest raving fan of a client <laughs> um we actually changed our logo at breathe education maybe five years ago hardly anyone noticed you know like we, the first logo we spent ten thousand dollars on a logo ten thousand dollars on a logo and some business cards and some letterheads and stuff uh when we changed out that logo no one noticed that was total waste total waste of ten thousand dollars anyway moving right along the i think the big you know the big point i really want to help you feel deeply in your soul here is people don't care about you i mean they, you know when i say they don't care i don't mean that in a callous way i mean your clients might love you and care deeply about you as a human but they're not coming to you for your for they're not coming to you for that they're coming to you because they feel better and their back doesn't hurt anymore after they do your sessions um all right so when so when you put yourself out there okay don't talk about you right when you do a social media post 
no one wants to see you doing the teaser. I mean, like, you follow people on social media, right? I mean, you probably do. You're a Pilates instructor. You're probably pro Pilates instructors on first social media, right? So you probably, your feed is probably full of Pilates instructors doing Pilates. And you're like, oh, look at the cool way she's got her ankle around the strap and the fitness circle and the blah, blah, blah. Right? Isn't that cool? But guess who? And you look at these people and you think, oh, my goodness. You know, she's got 150,000 followers. And all she does is just like do little Pilates routines, you know, every day. Yeah. But who follows people who do Pilates routines every day? Pilates instructors. <laughs> Who's interested in Pilates? Pilates instructors. Do you read plumbing magazines? No. Guess who? But some people do. Guess who reads plumbing magazines? Plumbers, right? <laughs> Not plumbers' clients, right? You use plumbers, right? When your sink's blocked, you call a plumber, right? But you don't give a rat's ass about plumbing. You're not interested in plumbing. You've got no interest at all in anything about plumbing, except when your sink's blocked, you want to fix, okay? So you don't follow plumbers on Instagram, I bet, okay? And in the same way, your clients don't follow, probably, when I say your clients, I mean your future clients, okay? People who are not yet your clients, but will be your clients, they're not they're not following Pilates, okay? If they're not doing Pilates, they've got no interest in Pilates. They, they're following, you know, if they're, you know, well-to-do women, which is the, you know, most people who do Pilates, they're following fashion brands, inspirational quotes and female entrepreneurs and, you know, goodness knows what they're following, but probably not Pilates, Okay. And so they're not fascinated by like, oh, inspo, you know, great way to put your strap around the leg. They don't care, okay? They don't want to see you doing that. Just a personal opinion. <laughs> Happy to be proved wrong. But what they do care about is what you can do for them, okay? Just like, okay, trying to have a meta moment here, okay? Well, I'm, you know, when, back to my story, okay? We said like, at the start, you know, this, these are things that help me. The realization that it's not about me, okay? When I'm, you know, quote, putting myself out there, end quote, I'm not actually putting myself out there, right? This podcast is not about me. It's about you. This podcast is about you, dear listener. You are my clients. You, you are my, some of you are my current clients. Some of you are my past clients. Some of you are my future clients. Some of you may never buy anything from me, but You've recommended my content to other people, and I appreciate you doing that. So why did you recommend my content? Why did you become my client? Why are you considering becoming my client? Because of what I, you hope I can help you achieve, right? You want to be a better, happier, more financially successful Pilates instructor. You want to know your shit, okay? You want to feel connected with a worldwide community of people. You want to know you're not alone. You want that you're not the weirdo just because you question some things you were taught in your certification, just because you think a little bit differently. So unless my content is so amazing that you listen to it, even though my personality annoys the shit out of you, which I doubt because those people have already tuned out, okay? And you listen at least partly because you can relate to me, right? And I guess we're, we're transitioning to the second point now okay which is i'm not i'm just being who i am right and how do you be who you are you don't do anything <laughs> you just you just 
you don't like to be who you are. You just don't do anything. It just comes out all by itself. My daughter, when she was about four or five or something, three, I don't know. Um, it's funny when you've got young kids, like when you've got a, a, a baby, like under one, you can look at a kid and go, oh, what, how old is she? About seven and a half months. And you're like, you can get it within two and two weeks either side, right? It can be so accurate in your, like, uh, you know, uh, perceiving how old kids are. But then now my daughter's 16, like, I can't tell the difference between a three-year-old and an eight-year-old. <laughs> they all look the same. Has that been your experience? Uh, I'd love to know. All right. So anyway, back on track. Okay, so I'm just being who I am. Anyway, so all right, so sorry, my daughter. This was this is how we got to that off topic. My daughter, when she was three or eight, okay, um, she came up with this beautiful little song, and I've still got a recording of it somewhere. And I said, "Oh, now where did you hear that?" She said, "Oh, nowhere. It just came from my body." Right? And I thought that was such a beautiful moment, and I even feel just a bit emotional, you know, just thinking about it now. But it just came from my body, like. And I thought, that is what it feels like to be yourself. Like, it, 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 it's no effort. It just comes from your body, right? So anyway, I'm just being who I am. I say so a lot. <laughs> I've noticed when I listen back to these podcasts, I've all got, got all kinds of weird verbal tics. I don't give a shit, though. You know, do you listen to that? You've got all kinds of weird tics, too. We're the same, you and I. <laughs> and guess what? So do your clients. They're weird as shit. They like your tics and your funny, that funny mole on your nose and your sick sense of humor or, or, you know, whatever, right? They don't, you know, those things, those things that you think of as flaws, they're not flaws, they're, they're features, right? That's what makes you, you know, relatable, okay? Like, People like people. People like people who are real. People like people who are vulnerable. You know, people don't like people who whinge about all their trials and tribulations, but people like people like people who are vulnerable. You know, people like people don't like people who are per, who appear to be perfect because everyone knows that no one's perfect. Okay, we all know deep down no one's perfect. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, your clients aren't perfect, Kim Kardashian isn't perfect. No one's perfect, okay? Just some of us are a little bit more open about it than others. So your client, those aren't bugs, they're features, okay? So that weird mole on your nose or whatever, don't hide it, okay? Be cool, man, with it. Like, just be yourself. Just let it come from your body, okay? It's not about you. It's about what you can do for your clients. It's about your clients, okay? All of my posts, all of my podcasts, are not about me, okay? They're about what I what I hope to be able to help you with, okay? So this today, you know, the episode is like oh, how I got over my, um, you know, fear of putting myself out there at publicity, okay? But really, why am I talking about this? Because I hope to help you get over your fear of putting yourself out there so that you can promote yourself and your business effectively. And when I say promote yourself, I don't mean stand on a pedestal and go, everyone look at me. I mean, get out there and talk about your clients. Okay? When I, when I put myself out there, okay, I, I don't think about, oh, how do I, you know, promote myself? I think about 
how do I, how can I be of service to you? How can I help you, my listener, okay, my, my Instagram follower, my student? How can I help you be a better, happier, more financially successful Pilates instructor who really freaking knows his shit? Okay, what struggles do you have that I could help you with? Okay, and this is a struggle that I'm pretty sure you have, many of you, that I think I can help you with. So I'm trying to help you with it. So that's all I'm doing, right? And that's all you need to do is understand the struggles your future clients and your present clients have, okay? And help them be of service, right? It's not about you, okay? You don't have to play charades if you don't like charades, okay? Just be of service. That's what your posts should be about. That's what your advertising should be about, okay? That's what your website should be about, being of service. All right, so... So talk, take away, don't talk about yourself. Don't talk about your classes, okay? No one gives a shit, right? You don't want to hear the plumber talk about their freaking wrench, okay? You don't give a shit. You just want to know what they can do for you. Can they fix your sink today or not, okay? And your clients want to know, can you fix my back pain or not? That's what they want to know, okay? Now, the last thing about sort of, quote, blowing your own trumpet, okay, and recommending your services to people is that the thing that really helped me get perspective, and I can't remember who who said this to me, um, but it made a big impression, is this little thought experiment, right? So if a client comes in and they've got, you know, back pain and or whatever, you know, whatever you help people with, right? So if you help people get more flexible or whatever, whatever you help people with, right? Someone comes in and they've got that problem, the problem you help solve, okay? And they're like, oh, I don't know, what do you think I should do? right? And you're thinking like, well, uh, I don't want to say, well, you should come and do five one-on-ones a week with me. <laughs> that would be really self-serving, okay? And I don't want to, you know, I've got a conflict of interest and I feel bad about recommending that because that would be really expensive for this person, okay? Um, and so you end up going like, oh, I don't know, you know, what do you think you should do? <laughs> Maybe you should try it. Go and have a look around a few other party studios and see what you think. I don't know what you say, okay? I'm just imagining and probably not very accurately. But, you know, I, I think I'm probably right that for most of you, there is some kind of sense of ambivalence or conflict about recommending people to your top tier of service. Like if, if right, when, and so this is the thought experiment, right? Well, there's two little thought experiments. The first one is just imagine... A retired billionaire walks into your studio or DNG on Instagram or whatever, right? Retired billionaire. Like, this person is 35 years old, retired Silicon from Silicon Valley, sold their company for $50 billion, right? They say, I've got, insert whatever problem you help people with, I've got back pain or I've got, you know, a sore neck or I've got low energy and feeling... What it's stiff or whatever. So whatever your problem, you're like, oh, that's right up my alley. I can help you with that, right? And if they said to you, look, time is no object, right? I'm literally retired. I've got literally nothing to do for the next 60 years, okay? And money's no object, right? They could literally buy the whole city block where your studio is located and not even notice the difference in their bank balance, okay? So time is no object. Money is no object. What would you recommend to that person. 
what would you recommend? Why wouldn't you recommend that to everyone? If that's the best, if that's the best treatment, that's going to give them the best outcome. Why wouldn't you recommend that? Now, if I come in and I say to you, oh, look, you know, I've got that exact problem that you solve and, you know, I'm a single mother living in a trailer, okay, with my four kids, what would you recommend? Well, maybe you might recommend that and say, and there's this other option that is less expensive, okay, you might give me options and say, well, you know, here's the advantages of this option and the disadvantages of this option and here's the advantages and disadvantages of this other option, okay. But if you don't present the 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 most effective option, in my view, I think that's negligent. I think if if I come to you and I say, what's the you know, I want to solve my back pain, for example, and you're saying like you say, oh, go home and watch some exercise videos on YouTube, right? Do you really think that's the best? You know, or come and do like a group class once a week, or get a casual pass and come once a month when it suits you. Like, do you really think that's the best? Do you really think that's going to solve my back pain? Or would doing three one-on-ones a week with you probably give me a better result? Right? Now, I may or may not be able to afford three one-on-ones a week, right? But that's up to me to decide, not up to you. Right? So what, in my view, and this is what I do now, right, is somebody, what you should say is, when someone comes in and says, oh, I've got back pain, I'm like, okay, well, here are your options, right? You could do, I'd find out more about them, obviously, and get a whole couple of episodes on sales conversations. So after I've asked all those questions, I'd pre- you know, present the options. I'd say, well, option one would be we do three one-on-ones a week, okay? And that's going to be awesome because your back pain will go away very quickly, okay? And the, and also the benefit is motivation. I'll hold you accountable. <laughs> You're not going to miss a session. You know, there's a lot of support and motivation, goal setting, all that stuff that goes with it, okay? Downside is kind of pricey, okay? On the other hand, we could do, say, a one-on-one once a week or once every two weeks even, and then I could give you a home program, okay, and you could do that on the other days. Benefit, way cheaper. The downside, uh, much harder on the old motivation, okay, less accountability, and I'm not here to, you know, to work with you. So you tell me, you know yourself, you know your budget, you know your motivation, you know your own, you know, self, what's going to work best for you, okay? So I think... And again, it's about putting, giving the client, it's about the client, right? So it's not about you. It takes you out of the conversation. You shouldn't be considering yourself when you're making a recommendation to the client, okay? And so that ambivalence, that conflict that you feel when the when you when you don't recommend five one-on-ones a week to somebody because you think, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of, I don't know, taking advantage or putting myself forward or self-serving or whatever. Like, you're thinking about yourself, right? Don't think about yourself. Think about the client. Think about what is best for the client, okay? Think about another way. Second thought experiment. If you had a sister or a loved a loved one, a dear friend, whatever, who lived in a different state and had a terrible sore back, okay, and she was saying to you, you know, gee, do you think, you know, there's this amazing Pilates instructor that my friend knows around the corner here. She's been raving about her, how she solved her back pain. She's such a wonderful human. My friend loves it. You know, gee, I don't know. Do you think I should try Pilates? I'm not sure. Do you think it's a good idea? <laughs> she wants me to do like two sessions a week. Do you think that's too much? 
right? And what would you say to your sister, right? Would you say, yes, sis, go for it. Sounds awesome. Two sessions a week's perfect, right? Like, well, if you, and if you would say to that to your sister, which I'm assuming you would, right? Because that is the correct answer. <laughs> um, if you would say that to your sister, okay, well, why wouldn't you say it to your client, right? If, if, if I went to the, if you went to the doctor, right, and the doctor prescribed you some kind of treatment or drug, right, and, and you said, oh, doctor, you know, if your sister had this diagnosis, what would you prescribe them? And the doctor said, oh, I'd prescribe them this other thing. And you said, oh, why the fuck would you prescribe something different from me then? And the doctor said, oh, well, the other one's, you know, more expensive. So, you know, this one doesn't work as well, but I just prescribed it for you because I thought you wouldn't want to pay the money. It's like, who the fuck is the doctor to make that decision for you, right? That's your decision. It's your health, right? So that's the same with your clients. They deserve the right to make the decisions about their own health and well-being. So it's not about you. It's about your clients. And the more you take, just take yourself out of it, okay, don't, it's not about you. Don't agonize about whether it's a right or wrong thing to recommend something based on what, whether it serves you or not. Who gives a fuck if it serves you or not? Okay. It's about your clients. What's best for the client? Do that. All right. So those are, that is what I wanted to talk about. The two big thoughts, two big sort of realizations that, or mind sh- mental shifts, mindset shifts that enabled me to go from somebody who <laughs> would have been ready to fight or flight uh, at the thought of being forced into doing Christmas charades with 10 people I knew very well um, to uh, sitting here having a laugh and a joke with you, dear listener, like X number of thousands of you listening um, in the Pilates stratosphere and very comfortable and glad to be here with you and really enjoy, you know, uh, recording these uh, and posting on social media because it's not about me. It's about you. I do this for you. I mean, sure, I, I do it for me too because I love it, right? I, I have fun doing it, but it's not, it's the, the story is not about me. The story is about you and what we can, you and I can do collectively to help you become better, happier, and more financially successful as a Pilates instructor. So that's, that's number one. And the second thing is that like, you know, those individual quirks that you have, that I have, everyone has them. Even Kim Kardashian has them, I'm sure. She might have, I don't know very much about Kim Kardashian, but she popped up in my Instagram feed recently, and so that's why I've never seen her before. Um, and so that's why I'm thinking of her. You know, maybe she has no imperfections because they've been surgically removed or photoshopped off, I don't know. But everybody has imperfections, dear listener. Everybody does. We all do. We've all, some of us, we have a weird mole on the side of our nose. Others of us, we have weird moles in other places or we have weird moles on our personality <laughs> okay but everybody's got quirks everybody's got foibles everybody's a bit weird in one way or another so uh the fact that you're weird isn't a bug it's a feature okay and um do what my three or eight year old daughter uh did which is just just let stuff come from your body just be you um, and people are loving more for that than for any imagined uh, pretense of perfection. Uh, and uh, when you put yourself out there and be of service, okay, and just take the spotlight off yourself and talk about your clients and 
help your clients, all of a sudden it's easy, okay? Because you're not, you're not, it's not a song and dance about you. It's being of service to your clients. All right, dear listener, I hope you found that helpful and uh, I'll look forward to catching you in the next one. Oh, if, um, if you found this helpful, I've got a book coming out. Now, depending on when you listen to this, you might be listening to this from the future. If you're listening to this uh, more than sort of after February 2023, uh, my book's already out. Uh, and the book is called How to Make $100,000 Teaching Pilates. How to Make $100,000 a Year Teaching Pilates. And uh, the topic of today's podcast is one of the topics I talk about in the book. So uh, if that's of interest to you, um, pick yourself up a copy for $5 through the link in the show notes. All right, I will see you next time. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.